Welcome to Her Stories, a series of podcasts showcasing the diverse expertise, wisdom, and courage of the members of the Mediterranean Women Mediators Network, presented by peace activist Magda Zenon. In each episode, recorded during the coronavirus social isolation period, a different mediator shares her story. Hello, this is Magda. Today on Her Stories, we speak with Maria Solanas. Maria is a senior expert in international relations, a researcher in gender issues, and director of programs at the Elcano Royal Institute, the leading Spanish think tank on international relations, strategic studies, and governance. Welcome, Maria. Thank you, Magda. Very happy to be here. Maria, you wear a lot of hats. Um, so I think you need to introduce yourself to the listeners of the work you've done and why you are part of the Mediterranean Women Mediators Network. Okay, I will try to do it uh, briefly. Well, um, all my professional life has been dedicated to international relations and foreign policy. Uh, and this is more than 25 years uh, uh, currently. So um, I have been a member of the of the office of the Prime Minister, uh, José Luis Rodríguez Zapatero, during uh, almost eight years. And uh, this uh, was uh, the, a big opportunity to uh, not only advise him and participate uh, with uh, accompanying him in, in a lot of meetings, but to prepare a lot of agreements between governments and uh, to be involved in a lot of negotiations between uh, governments and uh, because of that, at the same time I was in charge of uh, 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 human rights and migrations during my 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 time at the Prime Minister office. I have the opportunity as well to uh, be in contact and even uh, to negotiate with uh, uh, non-governmental organisations working on these issues and to try to find a common ground. Uh, between the government and the civil society okay. that uh, knows very, very well uh, uh, the problems on the ground. And uh, now uh, I'm uh, working in a think tank and uh, being a part of this think tank on international relations, I have participated in the consultations of the Spanish government uh, to civil society regarding the second national action plan okay. on women, peace and security. Okay. Um, to get back to the work you did as consultant to the government, in but to connect the state with the civil society, what kind of negotiations were you involved in? What kind of consultations were you involved in? Well, I have the opportunity to be involved in negotiations uh, regarding, for example, the relationships between uh, Spanish uh, government and Senegal government okay. in a very difficult time because of the crisis of the of the migrant uh, migrants crisis and uh, uh, in this time in in Spain in two thousand six and the importance to work with the origin countries uh, not only working with them in terms of uh, investment mm -hmm. and uh, political dialogue, but as well on, in terms of uh, cooperation for development. 
uh, I have the opportunity as well to travel and to be involved in a lot of negotiations between the Spanish government and Latin America governments because uh, I was in charge of Latin America relationship. Okay. And it was very, very interesting to, to work with them uh, and, and to reach agreements on, on, on common uh, interest uh, issues. And what are the common interest issues? Well, I think regarding Latin America, it's, it's, uh, it's really easy to, to, to speak about a common interest. Uh, I mean, the development of the countries, the situation of uh, human rights in, in, in both uh, parts of, uh, I mean, in Europe and in, in Latin America, for example, the political uh, differences between uh, the different political parties mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and uh, between the government and the opposition. In this sense, I have an experience previous to the government because I was working in the in the in a political party in the Spanish uh, Socialist Working Party, and as a Spanish member, I have a lot of experience uh, trying to put together some different uh, actors, as for example from Morocco, uh, from Polisario Front, or regarding our Mediterranean area, or even some different uh, uh, political parties uh, in in different countries in Latin America. Yes, well, to put together and start a conversation. Okay, because um, Spain has a lot of Spanish-speaking countries in the north of Africa, and in a South America, so the network is quite big that you can connect with. Um, yeah. What were the? You said you did a lot of work. Did you do work on migration? Yeah, I have this responsibility in in a very difficult moment uh, for Spain in two thousand six, and uh, when uh, we uh, increase the number of the migrants in our country and we integrate. Uh, uh, 10% of our population coming from Latin America and from, from North of Africa, especially. And uh, it was difficult because uh, this, a lot of people came to Spain by fly, by, by, uh, by tower airports, but yeah. a lot of people did it through these uh, cayucos or pateras, we know. I mean, this, this uh, so, so dangerous travel for them and it was really really hard in in humanitarian terms and the spanish society was very very sensitive and and very open to incorporate these people but it was very dif- difficult for the government because it was hundreds of people mm. coming during during uh, some months hundreds and hundreds of people i think uh, sorry was- to interrupt you i think uh, I, those pictures that kept on coming up in the news of Yes, hundreds of people on boats and standing up and hanging on the mask. It was terrifying to think how scared they were or how desperate they were that they put themselves in that position. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And now it's Italy. I mean, in these times, it's Italy uh, the main main destiny. But in 2006, it was Spain. And most of them came from North Africa and Sub-Saharan Africa. So we in Spain, at this time in the government, we tried to elaborate a strategy, mm-hmm. not only to fight against the irregular migration, but uh, to, to, to work with these countries and to try to 
put some other elements on the table as cooperation for development jobs in our country, if possible. I mean, we, we did a very intensive um, and very hard work and it was uh, very intensive as well negotiations with these governments at this time. Did you, did you also do, were you involved in the policy to do integration? Because obviously when people come in beyond the jobs, you need to yeah. find a way to integrate them into civil well, society. Well, I was international advisor. Okay, so, so my you... colleagues in the in the national department coping with this, with this part of the integration of migrants. So I have no experience in that chapter. Okay. But uh, the negotiations with uh, between governments were very, very intensive and uh, and not very easy uh, a lot of times, if I can say. Oh, I'm sure they weren't because, I mean, <laughs> North Africa, Africa and as a whole is suffering. Yeah, so, absolutely. There, there's civil wars, there's bad climatic conditions, mm-hmm. the governmental structures are either totally fascistic or unsafe or unsteady. So the the people battle with a lot of things and you as an outsider need to find a balance to make sure you're speaking to all the right people because you're not yeah. always it's not just uh, one uh, it's not just one person you need to be speaking to. Absolutely. Mm. And you need as well the work and the and the and the yeah the, the common work with civil society mm. on the ground. We in Spain we have a lot of uh, amazing uh, non-governmental organizations working on the ground in a lot of places in Latin America of course but in Africa as well. So it's it's uh and this is a part very interesting for my profile as a member of the Mediterranean network because I have the opportunity to work from a governmental position but work with uh, non-governmental organizations telling them this is my limit but I I want to uh, reach an agreement with you and I I can heard you and I can understand your uh, point of view. And I think this is one of my main, uh, perhaps, uh, attributes. I mean, I am I'm, I'm good listening to others and, okay. and understand understanding their, their point of view. Well, I think one of the biggest um, characteristics of being a good mediator is the yes. fact that you've got to be a good listener. Mm-hmm. Because you've got to be listening to what the other person is saying or not saying, so that you know yeah. what you can say in return or what you can nego- at what levels you can negotiate. So you do have the one one of the many qualities that a good mediator <laughs> needs. But you also s- said something about you were connecting NGOs to the government sector in these negotiations. You were listening to civil society. And I think, yeah. And I think that's the most another important thing that us that are involved in peace building, we always worry that there isn't a link because between what is happening on the ground and policymakers. How did you? Mm. How did you? How did you try and ensure that link was there? Well, first of all, it's true that these uh, non-governmental organizations are very active in Spain, so they uh, they ask. Uh, for a meeting with with me uh, in this in this period of my professional life, and for the first time, and of course I say yes, I yes. can I, I I want to hear what do you want to to say about this country, for example about Colombia, 
uh, in a very difficult and different moment uh, because of the conflict, internal conflict in Colombia. And I received amnesty, international amnesty, in my office, and, and they explained to me that it was the first time that the office of the prime minister received a member of a non-governmental organization. And I, I thought... Uh, this is not, uh, I mean, this is not right. Mm -hmm. uh, government must to her about civil society because they have a lot of expertise. They have a lot of experience on the ground and they work with the people, the, I mean, the, the normal people, the communities. Mm -hmm. So this is a very valuable information from governments. And I always, in every trip, in every meeting of the president with another uh, prime minister, I always receive a call from Amnesty and from other organizations mm -hmm. trying to, uh, well, to, to be listening yeah, yeah. Uh, and to, to transmit a message uh, for, for us. And I, and I always uh, said, yes, of course, mm -hmm. I, I, we, can, we, can, we can find uh, one hour to, to, talk. to talk together. And then how do you listen to them? How did you ensure that what you heard and what was said to you and that yes. you passed on to the government, how did you ensure that they, the government listened? Well, uh, this was uh, as well a privilege. As an advisor of the prime minister, I always, and in uh, after every meeting with a non-governmental organization, I always sent to him a briefing. And I have to say that uh, I take with him that he uh, got the information. I mean, uh, when you are a when you are a member of the of of, of the of the little team of international advisors to the prime minister, you can be sure that he is listening to you. And sometimes even he said uh, something important in the in the press conference. So okay. even the message that uh, non-governmental organizations, the prime minister in several times, he get it and give a message uh, to the to the country in the in the press conference so it was it was very intensive uh, work together with the non-governmental organizations and of course it's not uh, it's not was me i mean i was uh, the person uh, working with them but at the end of the day the prime minister wanted to have this information as well uh, so i think it's it's important to to only be sure that you pass the message if the person who is the destiny of the message uh, reaction to that uh, and uh, I have the I have the privilege that the prime minister was interested uh, to her as well this message I don't think you must underestimate your value Marie because I agree with you I agree with you that the person at the end of the line must want to listen but sometimes it's also got to do with the way the messenger yeah, delivers well, the message of course <laughs> Okay, so it's not so it's not just you had a receptive prime minister, and I'm sure he is and was receptive. It's also someone coming in to give him a message and coming in in a way that makes it easier for yeah, him to listen and, to. And, yeah, it's said it's said in a way. See, it's said in a way that is. I'm using uh, that's non-offensive. It's said in a way that's uh, you suggest yeah. you're not. In, yeah, you're absolutely. Not and it's, it's an so issue. It's, it's, I mean, it's a matter of confidence as well. And uh, I'm too, yes. and I'm 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 good uh, building confidence with the people who I work with, 
And I think confidence is really, really important element uh, for mediation, for negotiation, even for the work in, in politics. And I mm. have this, this privilege to work in politics for a long time. And the confidence, the trust is really, really important. And I think I'm, I'm a reliable person, if I may say. Nothing. No, but that's why I'm saying to you, it's not. You did have a good prime minister, but if you have, you if if you come in with the right yeah, attitude, absolutely, yeah, the right to speak to him, is he, of course, yes, he if he's in the middle of listening to you, if he's not sure whether he's going to listen to you, if you come in with the right attitude, mm. the yes. person will listen. If you come in, if you've got the person that listens, but you come in with the wrong attitude, the person's not going to listen. So it's a company, yeah, so- it's a chain. It's the per it's the person that gave you the message to set them yeah, to you're the right, right way. You're right. You were the, so it's a whole it's a whole chain of um a, a, a people that the right people yeah, for the job. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and this is not very right for this the is job. not always easy. It's just not always easy. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is. And this, if I if easy. I if I can add something, it 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 was the same when I was uh, asking for another government, totally different uh, government, for collaborate with them uh, in the consultations of the civil society regarding the national action plan. It was because mm. I mean I I I work with uh, some colleagues and and I always strengthen that it's important to pass the message in the right way. Because mm. of I was in the in this side in the past, I know what is the right way to pass the message to the government from the civil society. I mean yes. it was exactly the, the 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 different situation for me. And I I did it right in the sense that I passed uh, three or four important messages to the government from the civil society working in Elkano Royal Institute in and and they, they took some suggestions from us, from the group of consultations. And uh, they have a special interest to be part of these consultations when they thought about the possibility to consult uh, civil society. So, yeah, it is good to be in the, in the, in, in, in the two sides because you know how to listen, yes. how to pass the message. And it's easy for you to, well, to play a role in this situation. Yes. It's easier for you to yes. be effective when you've been in on both sides. You know what the other exactly. side is looking for, yeah. or how to get across your. Uh, tell me, Maria, you were also involved in the preparation of the second national action plan on yes. world peace and security yes. in Spain. Tell me a little bit about that because that is where we are as yeah, women exactly. mediators. Yeah, well, it was it was really um, a, a very very interesting uh, experience. First of all, because the Spanish government at this time was a member of the Security Council in okay. in, in the United Nations, so they and, and in in this moment it was the 15th anniversary of the 3025. So the government okay. proposed uh, during these two years proposed an actualization of the first national action plan. I wrote a paper in El Cano Royal Institute proposing that more than a, an actualization of the an updating of the of the plan, it was 
perhaps better to make a new plan. Other countries in Europe did it. Even there are uh, some countries in, in within the European Union that they have approved the fourth, the third, and the fourth plan. So Spain was was yeah. between the ten uh, first countries in the world to approve a national action plan. But it, this national action plan was really not very effective. And the government accepted uh, the suggestion, not because of me, of course, but because of their participation at the Security Council. And then yep. realized that every country in Europe uh, uh, make this plan consulting the civil society. So they call for a meeting with a lot of organizations and they ask us to participate uh, with some suggestions. But we, the members of civil society, meet and decide to ask the government not only uh, be consult, but uh, to participate in, in a more active uh, way. And, and we, el- we elect, we choose uh, between us six representatives. And I was one of these representatives okay. chosen by my colleagues from different uh, organizations, uh, feminist organizations, development organizations, and universities and think tanks. And I was uh, chosen by my colleagues and we started to work with the government. And uh, it was not easy at the beginning, but uh, I think we we were able to pass the messages and uh, to be demanding enough uh, to, okay. well, to include some, some suggestions. We failed regarding the budget because this national action plan has not any budget that is absolutely impossible to be effective without any budget and we insist and insist and our colleagues in the in the ministry of foreign affairs uh, confess us it's true you are right but we have no any budget now and well we we fail in in some of our petitions our accused but we for example we we be successful asking for not only a participation of the civil society in uh, alone the national action plan, but uh, an accountability by the parliament. This is was one element okay, uh, produced yes. by by us. So tell me, uh, without money, what value does a national yeah. action plan? But I tell you why, because. We- You do, I, I think the one value it does have, and I don't think it should be underestimated, is the fact that you raise awareness. Yes, absolutely. Okay, I think you do, you do raise awareness and you do make the government more accountable. You can't do the activities or the um, trainings or the campaigns you need to do, but you can certainly still carry on lobbying for the necessity for it to be there and there to be money. Yeah, absolutely, and we insist not only regarding the need of, of a budget because we we were uh, right but because all 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 the reports made by the United Nations all the independent reports point out that the, the weakness of this dossier women peace and security and the and the money that is to have budget budget for the feminist and women organizations on the ground mm. budget to Uh, help civil society to work on the ground. I mean, is the government uh, a national action plan is 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 a need, but uh, it's impossible to do and to and to reach uh, any goal without the people working on the ground. Absolutely, 
Absolutely. The, the conflict is is not normally in our countries. The conflict is uh, out of our borders. And uh, you uh, point uh, some special countries, as uh, in the case of Spain, well, Palestine and uh, Mali and uh, I think Afghanistan. But you, the government, are really very limited in your action with the civil society and, and especially with women in these countries where women are not in the governmental position. So you need to have some people on the ground, some non-governmental non yes. organizations making a good job, but they need money. And, and so, I mean, yes. without any budget, serious one, I mean, we are not a very, very rich uh, country, but we are the first world. So you need to put and allocate some money for women business security dossier. If not, it's not a priority for you. No, no, I, I agree with you. Unless the government takes it seriously that these issues are as important, if not more important than defense. These issues are on the same level as education. These issues are as le as important as health, so they must invest the same amount of money in these issues. Because I think what they I think what they see when they hear "woman peace and security" is that they tend to think of it as something separate and something that's on the side that doesn't affect us yeah. every day. And there's one there's one point that I will disagree with you on: conflict is not necessarily. Our yeah, country. yeah. Domestic yeah, violence. Right. Domestic you're violence. Right. The issue of domestic very, uh, domestic yeah. violence is an issue we that is in absolutely, every country. It's an epidemic, and it's absolutely. and it's one of the most. It's one of the core things in a woman, peace, and security um, yeah. national action plan, and it overlaps with a, na a national action plan on violence. But it certainly is something that is within the country. And is an at epidemic level. Absolutely, not not, not, not I, only now with the I pandemic. I completely agree with you. But in this case, uh, gender-based uh, violence is uh, has budget in our country, and uh, always is not enough. But uh, it's true that uh, this problem, this reality, that is very very sensitive for Spanish society and for this government, even for the for the last uh, government, the, the conservative one. Yes. We have a budget for that, but uh, it's not possible to say that you are taking as a priority women, peace and security in Mali, for example, if you don't have any budget for this country. I mean, these organizations of women or, or uh, non-governmental organizations working on women, peace and security. And Spain uh, has very good uh, non-governmental organizations working on women, yes. peace and security. And it's true that a national action plan is for raising awareness. This is one of the main elements. And the other one, the main elements as well is the participation of civil society because the 1325 is very good Absolutely. build resolution. Absolutely yes. uh, well uh, built uh, resolution. So, but this is not important. This is not enough. And uh, if you are thinking about women, peace, and security, you have to think about participation of women in politics and in economy and in social, uh, in, yes. in, in, in civil society. And for that, we propose once and, and two times and three times. It's important to support women leaders on the ground. There are a lot of possibilities, but one of that without any budget is just. 
just ask them from the embassy and give them this importance as a leader and uh, a person with which you want to talk in this country. I mean, try mm. to be in contact with women and give them the opportunity to have meetings with the embassy, uh, protect them in the mm. case they, they need any protections. There are some things that you can do without any budget, but, but know the most, know the most, uh, frankly speaking. No, no, no. No, I agree with you. There's, you can't do a little bit without money, but the money is necessary because that's where you take the words and you make them into action. Because like you said, you can support women leaders, but to actually get women into mm-hmm. decision-making, you need to invest in education, you need to invest in advertising, you need to invest in a whole lot of other things that cost money. Absolutely. Um, the other thing is that we need to raise awareness about in all our governments is that women, peace and security is... um. It's like a chain because if women are safe in Spain, it doesn't, if women are not safe in Spain, it affects me in Cyprus. So it's a whole chain of things. That's why we need to think beyond the internal, like you said earlier, you've got a really good legislation on domestic violence in Spain, but it, it doesn't cover the woman. It doesn't help the woman in Mali. And that's why we need the money to make sure that the connections are in place. And that people are always feel as if someone has got their back, or there's someone that can help them step up mm. from where they are. Um, uh, Maria, um, tell me a little bit about the Mediterranean Women Mediators Network. What has it done to you? How, what has it bring? What has it brought you? Because that's where you and I met. In my last conversation with Howard and I told her that. Uh, I have the feeling, frankly speaking, that uh, the network is is giving me much more that I'm 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 giving uh, it, and it's not only because of my experience or or it's because of the amazing experience of uh, of the rest of the members, amazing women working in a very difficult circumstances, making a big effort to mediate uh, really and to we and uh, in, in their communities and this is uh, this is uh, something that i i didn't have the opportunity in all my life to have this experience and to share mm. with so many women from different places their amazing amazing experience and uh, i think the network is, uh, even if it's not very, I mean, it's not a baby, but uh, but it's a child. We are very down. But I think we, we have made a very good job connecting with the other networks and a very good job yes. in a very short time asking United Nations to commit and to support these this, uh, this networks. And the launch of the Global Alliance in New York, it was, I think, very, very important moment for, for us. And I think uh, we, the Mediterranean Network, uh, has been very active to, to achieve these goals. And now we have to try to be more visible mm. and to to say more than we are saying in the sense that uh, we can, I think, is my personal opinion, we can try to propose connecting with other networks, propose some, uh, some statement on different issues in the world. I mean, speak about uh, the topic we 
are worried about as a Mediterranean network. Mm. I'm trying to do it in the best way, to be effective, to be constructive, but I think it's the moment to, well, to give another step and uh, um, um, be a little bit uh, more far away. Uh, because I think we, we have a good performance during this last two years, in, in less mm. than two years. No, it was launched in 2017. So, well, yeah, we we are three, almost three years, so almost, almost three, three years, years old. And uh, I think we have to start to to say something more. And, and I'm pretty sure that we we are one of the networks more, uh, no complex in, in, in the wrong sense, but complex in the sense that we include so different visions and countries. Yes. And uh, in this sense, I think uh, we have uh, managed uh, to to enrich each other with the different experiences from the north, from the south of the Mediterranean, from the east, from the west. Mm. Um, yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I think these, I found that all these networks that have sprung up and I am part of a few, they have really enriched my lives. And I think I've enriched yeah. other people's lives. So it's a mutual thing. We we give and we get. Yeah, it's true. It's a mutual thing. And you, I can assure that you have right all our lives, Amanda. Absolutely, absolutely. With your <laughs> oh, energy and with your ideas, with your proposals and, and your, well, I mean, your, your enthusiasm. I think you are one of the, of most active members of the network and, and and this is true yeah this is absolutely true yeah you you're gonna make me blush maria no, thank you anyway. no no <laughs> anyway no, no. don't be don't be shy <laughs> thank, <laughs> thank you. you maria thank you for saying such a lovely thing but i think is there anything you want to say before we close this interview uh, no i think i was well yes thank you thank you for the conversation thank you for the opportunity to to meet uh, with you and to talk about our network and, and well about myself that is uh, something not very common in our lives and and, <laughs> and of course I'm at your disposal I'm, I mean uh, at the disposal of the of the network for everything uh, you think uh, is is useful for for us uh, for the network for for the feminism, because well, I'm a feminist, and uh, I, I want to say you, mm. and uh, and for the for the women, uh, because these times are not very easy uh, for women. No, they're not. And we are living a difficult moment uh, all around the world. Even if our country is is very aware about the importance of the balance, but no country, no country in the world has achieved gender equality. No, exactly. So this is as as the as the Secretary General uh, of the of the United Nations, Antonio Guterres, gender equality is the pending task of this uh, of the 20th century, and, and it's true. And I think our network will contribute mm. to close the the gap, uh, the gender gap that is very very important for the goodness of our societies. Well, I think, uh, and, and I think it's a good, might be a good way to end this interview. I think what the networks have brought out is we've got to make visible the diverse expertise available amongst absolutely women. absolutely that every single one of us is unique every single one of us has got an expertise yeah. and we need we need to be put ourselves in yeah. positions so that we can create a better world together not just the women the yeah, women absolutely. And together but everyone 
But we need to, this is what we need to do as networks, put ourselves out there, not be shy about our good qualities or our expertise, Mm -hmm. because we need to come together to create a better world for ourselves and our children. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much for being with us today, Maria. And Thank you. Thank you, Mother. It was my pleasure. And thank you, Alex, for helping us with that. See you soon. Yes, you too. See you soon. Take okay. care. Thank you. And have a lovely and rest of day. Bye-bye. See you. Bye. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this episode of Her Stories, please leave comments, suggestions, and reviews, and share with anyone you feel may find this equally interesting. A big thank you to our sponsor, You and Woman, and see you on the next episode.